What it do, boys? What it do? Welcome back. Race pace number six. Um, good to see you both. I mean, out of the way, first thing. Um, you guys are taking the lead because my voice still hasn't recovered from Sunday. <laughs> How are we doing? Uh, yeah, we're doing amazing. I don't think we're visible on screen yet. There we go. And there Sunday we is go. in the Shadow Realm. Uh, yeah, doing amazing. Uh, <laughs> new week, new haircuts, new us. We're back. Uh, how are you doing, Warner? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's been a busy couple of weeks lately. Uh, there's a lot. It, it feels like uh, it feels like there's been uh, a bigger break than two weeks since the last time. I don't know if you guys also feel it. It's been uh, it's been really busy. It's this, been a weird uh, vibe. Also, yeah. I feel bad. I'm the only one who's not part of the new trim club. I mean, everyone's got new trims, and I'm just here. With my hair going down half of me. What can I say? <laughs> Damn. Yo! Amazing. <laughs> You've been sick though. I, you're, you're feeling I hear you're feeling better now. Most part. So. Most part. We we move it. I mean, I was well enough-ish to cast a race on Sunday. And I'm glad I did. Because what a race. Can we Damn. just... What a race. That was probably the best one I've watched. I said that about uh, race two as well. Uh, but this one definitely takes it when it comes to which one was more exciting. I don't know, Warner, you, you, did you watch? Uh, oh, you actually participated, right? Uh, yeah, 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 I was my, in the my race. I was in the race. I <laughs> oh, was you were in Heat 1. I somehow nice. pulled off a madness and got you in. Did. Uh, that was really nice. What was it like? Like, You probably have the best perspective on this, being someone who's actually in the thick of it. Like, What, what, what was your experience like of that Heat 1 race? Um, my experience was, I I sort of had your stream on in the background, so I could see what was going up ahead in first, second, and third, and I was right. listening to what Sappy was saying, and, I, and all I could hear was, and Breezy's making another dive, and Green's now taking the lead, and Mars is now doing this. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I was having positions all the time. But literally, it was such a good race. Um, I think all the drivers were a bit wary about going into the race because of like checkpoint misses and I know a lot of the drivers were struggling with checkpoint misses in the practice. Yeah. But it seems like everybody near enough nailed it in the race. Yes and. Uh, there, well, <laughs> to start off, there was an, an incident on, at race start, right? Mars got bumped a little bit and it... Uh, <laughs> kind of gave the signal to others that hey we're starting the race which wasn't the case so everybody everybody thought that uh that mars just baited people which i mean he doesn't do uh so there's that because of that julinho got a monster start and i think he was like in third fourth place for a couple laps then got overtaken and he still did fine uh but there yeah the, the top three fight was crazy good one merc Two Astons. Breezy in the Aston. He's, he swapped, yeah. actually. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. He swapped off the Porsche, wasn't it? He did, that's yeah. That's what yeah. he used to win an ODL. Yeah, that's what that's what he did. I mean, he won again. Spoiler. Uh, to people <laughs> <laughs> For people who haven't watched it. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was an amazing drive. And I think, like, m mainly no mistakes. Uh, the people who, who were racing the most with each other where were obviously Mars and Green. Uh with with Green in the Aston, that's actually very good at in in slipstream. 
and it felt like it had an edge on the Merc in the first sector and in the tunnel. And Mars definitely uh, in, in the Merc having the edge of uh, in the exits of the Herpin and uh, second to last right hander before the chicane. So, so definitely, definitely a um, well, depends on how you look at it, but it felt like Mars was struggling to follow other cars in the in the tunnel because of how Merc well, <laughs> it sucks in, in slip in the high speed corners. So, so yeah, a couple mistakes here and there. That was a good race all around. Probably the most, again, probably the most exciting I've, I've watched uh, from us so far. Insert Obama meme with the, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the <Yeah>. self-medal. <laughs> yeah, the self-medal, exactly, that one. That took me a second, not gonna lie to you. That did take me a hot second. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the words to explain it, thank you. But the, the top three fight, I'm calling it, I'm dubbing it the top three fight because it, it as was. much as it was, say, Mars Green, Breezy came in and really spiced things up in the latter third of the race. I would say it's 75% of the race these guys were constantly fighting. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was insane. Not only some of the moves and some of the pace they were holding, but also how long they kept it up. Like, they, they maybe, yeah, sent it a little bit too hard or got caught in slip, maybe a bit of dirty air, not the line that you want out of a certain corner, especially the tunnel. I found that the tunnel um, really proved to be a test of what cars handled well under dirty air or what cars had better grip around certain corners. But oh, sure. the crazy thing is they kept those fights up, lap in, lap out, and you got to think, 34 laps of racing, I'd say about 20, 25 of them, these guys were battling non-stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like uh, Mars lacked a bit of pace in first for a second which which allowed green to catch back up and then fighting with fighting with the aston side by side in such high speed corners well it proves very it proved very difficult for the merc and uh, once mars was behind green uh not counting the the one or two mistakes that green made uh it was basically impossible to follow in slipstream uh, and Mars actually did make a mistake uh, coming out of the the tunnel, and then Green made the same mistake trying to catch Breezy, so Breezy was able to capitalize. There was so much action, uh, it's difficult to even uh, explain it to people who haven't watched it. If we haven't sold it enough, go go check out yeah, that. Go, check go out the watch it. Go Definitely watch it. it. It was unironically, and I know you joked about saying it on race two, but this is the best race we've had on the calendar. And probably the best race that I have seen in terms of raw action in Horizon 5. I'm going to go there. I'm going to say it. In terms of battles for the top, this is this is it. You don't really get much spicier than that. And it did finally put to rest some of the murmurings that Merc OP. Because you had an Aston 1-2. Uh, yeah, but it, it didn't feel like Aston had that much pace over the Merc, to be honest. It just felt like Merc was difficult to fight with. Merc is very good on corner exit. We noticed that particularly on the hairpin, yeah. didn't we? So you have a fight, and then the Merc would get really good XL, but it didn't hold the top, the top end, and certainly in the corners, the Aston really pulled out an advantage. The tunnel, Aston territory, 100%. Sure. And, and, turn, and the comp turn one, two. Yeah. yeah, turn yeah. one, two, the complex come in through there. 
uh, heading down to said hairpin, uh, we saw a lot of the positions change and be decided by the hairpin um, because you try and get a hairpin move done and really if you're going to get anything done you have to lock it in by the corner before the tunnel because otherwise whoever's in front is going to have not only the better line because they're going to have control of the track they're also not going to have to deal with dirty air when you're running high speed like that anything's going to be struggling to follow oh actually you say that but uh the i mean moves into the hairpin were pretty much impossible against the merc uh yeah. Uh, I said the Merc is the exception to the yeah. rule there but, because of yeah. that. Mar Mars did go go a bit outside once, and that uh, that created an opportunity for Green to just go at it. But uh, to be honest, uh, going into the tunnel, the only car that could go outside on the right hander, uh, outside of the Merc, was the Aston. Like we've seen Green do it, and he pulled that off. I think he then got an overtake on the right hander, but was really insane. Also, some of the checkpoints that Green got that oh, were literally outside of his car. <laughs> I can't believe that was the case. Like, it's not possible in any other car. I don't know how, like, what the hitbox is, but it was insane. And, of course, Mars missed. Uh, missed the checkpoint on last lap. Uh, he was, what, more than a second ahead of Green, and he was, well, he was pushing unnecessarily, it feels like. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. uh, I, I think in that focus. situation, I see both sides because on one hand, I'm looking at it from the perspective of it's the last lap. You play it safe, just bring it home. But also, he wasn't in a position to rest on his laurels. You got to think he doesn't run hard. He doesn't know what lap he's on, and I he's think he not does. going. I mean, he's like, I wonder how easy it is to keep track of the amount of laps that you've had. I imagine it's something you get used to, but at the same time, without that constant reminder, you often forget, so you're still running full tilt. Um, I know that I've done it in the past, running an OHUD in just any racing game. Um, despite my best efforts to count, before long, I'm just, all right, lap until it stops. Lap until it's over. And yeah. with that in mind, I suddenly give him a lot more sympathy because well, it didn't, if he doesn't know that it's the last lap, doesn't know how to let off, and also, he, he's had Green catch up to him in fairly short amounts of time before. Couldn't mm -hmm. rest on his laurels there. Did Skiddy miss a checkpoint in the first lap? I think someone missed on the first lap, right? Yeah, this yeah. Time. Um, I think you had, yeah, Skiddy had early miss. Um, you had a couple um, as well. Uh, who else missed? I think Yuri Star missed. Um, mm -hmm. I think you had a couple other people who hit walls. Uh, you know who didn't? Hooper, he didn't miss. Hooper. And he didn't. No, he didn't. Hooper he doesn't miss. He won Hooper the miss. He had a dominant he performance. Uh, yeah, it, actually, it, a dominant it's that simple. Hooper doesn't miss, and uh, Hooper's mm. deserved a good result like that forever. Yeah, finally, honestly, he gets that move. Honestly, yeah. like they, they've been putting so much work in the like with not just Racing Haven but everything. They've been putting so much work in to get a better racer. Um, to just practice and really do their best. So it's finally time, and I'm glad that it's time that they got that, that win, that respect for that. Uh, yeah, did he swap cars, actually? I don't know. Uh, beyond um, Breezy switching to Aston, I don't really remember any other car swaps 
Um, I had a car swap. Oh, he wasn't. Yeah, you yeah, you swapped Warner. Well, I, mean, I, I, I swapped. What was the reason behind the swap? Um, I had I had ran. I think it was six days. So I swapped on the Thursday night. So this was like <laughs> three days before the race. Damn. I wasn't getting anywhere time-wise. I was sort of doing twenty-seven eights as a best, and I was mm-hmm. I was in struggle town. So. I asked Green if I could try his Aston with the tune. And I instantly got a 27.5. And I went, that's it. I'm swapping now. I'll take the three temps and I'll work on that over the next three days. Yeah, the Aston is definitely easier to drive when you're not on the edge, so to speak. Like Ford is definitely harder to extract max pace out of because you have to hold that slip angle, whereas... The Aston doesn't seem like it even has it. You, you either have grip or you slide. Mm, yeah. That might be switch out of it because I, I like my slip angle. That's my that's my yeah. thing. It's something oh. I've observed with the cars just in, just in general uh, is that I think there is almost like a skill curve mm-hmm. with the car choices in the fact that you have some that are easy to ex- easier to extract performance out of but have a lower, like slightly lower ceiling. Um, and then you have cars that are harder to drive. Um, but of course, if you can wrangle them, if you can keep them in check, then you do have a a much better chance of fighting at the top. I think mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of um, reason why you see a lot of the Merc in the higher end is because it is, I'd say, one of the hardest cars to drive in the, in the catalog. But you tame that thing and you are off to the races for pretty much most combos. Yeah. I mean, Merc was definitely the hardest to um, to drive as in to extract pace consistently because of how little uh, how little high-speed grip it actually has. It's definitely the easiest to fight people with uh, when you're in front. For uh, when, when you're in front, it's the easiest car to defend with, uh, for sure. But... Mm. This race and the fact that Merc had to be buffed definitely shows that uh, the car has its downsides and they were clearly exploited in this one. And well, Aston got to shine finally. Actually, Porsche, I think, was pretty good in this one as well, but we didn't really have many Porsche drivers. The Porsche uh, was not yeah. good. Was the I mean, por- the, all the cars has, had the same pace, but I don't know about the... Was the Porsche not good? The, the I was talking to Breezy and this is why Breezy switched. Um, he he felt like he had very little power in the Porsche and Mm. he was struggling with turning it just felt it it just didn't feel nice and I felt the same way in the Ford Mm -hmm. it just didn't turn enough and it was just it it just felt really weird but there wasn't many Porsche drivers and Stimpy another one who who raced as well he said he was struggling in the porsche i'd imagine it's because of the the direction changes that porsche and ford struggle with because i'm gonna be honest ford ford feels like uh you have 200 ping like you tell it to turn and it's like (laughs) are you sure (laughs) and then it's like okay i'll turn and then the spring and the, the springs come into action they're like no 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 i'm actually not gonna let you turn you're gonna go straight and then you're gonna turn 
So uh, that definitely not the car for me. It feels feels very bad. On the other hand, Ferrari felt like it was very understeery, but then again, it has so much high speed grip uh, mm. that it was uh, it was a pretty solid choice. I think that's why you see the keyboards, uh, more keyboard players. Yeah, tend towards the Ferrari is because it's stable. Yeah, it's yeah. understeery, but it's stable, and you can lean into it. So mm-hmm. it it lends itself a lot better to those kind of binary inputs, if you will. Even yeah. though there's technique to it, like you f- you feather it and acceleration of inputs, all the rest of it is a fancy mumbo jumbo. Oh, um, I tried keyboard actually. I um I, I'm almost, I, I've spent a long amount of time that I wouldn't be willing to admit on keyboard in racing games. Oh, but um, that's like in the past. I tried I tried placement. I tried placement with the uh, with the McLaren. First, me and uh, Eclipse uh, we tried it on wheel. And I got within a second of my pace, and I think Kerm got like within uh, like 0.7 or something of his pace. So that's uh, it. Actually, wasn't as bad of an experience as I expected. It wasn't that bad with dog settings. It felt very nice, but then but then I tried keyboard, and I couldn't get like I couldn't keep the car straight. I could not do any. I couldn't keep the line. I couldn't do anything. It was so bad. I have no idea how this how these people drive. It's painful, and I'm. And that's me talking. A person that's that's played racing games. If uh, if any if if I played any racing games, that was only on keyboard in the past. So it's really impossible for me. I don't know how. I don't get it. Mind you, mind you some games lend themselves to keyboard a lot more. I mean, yeah, for sure. Track uh, Trackmania is one that you would think makes more sense to be on a controller because yeah, it's arcadey, but it's also very precision based. Has a very high skill ceiling. But no keyboard is is dominant by a country mile um and and it's it's sometimes weird how things shape up um in that realm especially like the arcade racer realm uh mind you you've got a few new release uh releases um that are coming up pretty sharpish so of course we've talked to death about forza motorsport and we we could talk to death more about it if we wanted to but you've also got f123 who at the time of recording is is going to be out i think it's next week yes i believe yeah yeah it's literally next week it comes out around quick yeah i know right i've heard that i've heard that seems less arcadey than Mm. the previous one a a bit less it's not like a huge jump but i mean yeah step in a good direction and then you've got the new crew which is everyone's saying it's going to be coming out later this year um so probably in like the winter season mind you the the people have been a bit eager to get those details out ahead of time and i wanted to stress this now leaks are bad i i don't care what the discourse is we're opening this with leaks are bad do not leak stuff it is as simple as that don't break ndas yeah if you leak if you break nda you are a very not nice person i'm being very neutral in my language about this uh but seriously don't because i mean it just it kills the vibe right i'm yeah i'm just from my perspective i've seen games leaked in the past and i always find that it's like oh yeah cool we get to see this thing early and then everything after that is just underwhelming yeah what's actually been the biggest leak of uh of like the last year uh, but because we had we've had uh, F1 2023 gameplay leaks, right? Mm. And we had did we have the crew leaks? 
You, yeah, that's, you said we did. yeah, that's that's started to be circulated around now with um, the yeah, new um, well. <laughs> the new beta, the uh, new beta for the Insider program uh, that's been rolling out. They've been very public about that program, and I think that's a good thing. But of yeah. course, the contents of that program are under NDA because of course it is. Yeah. So the for people to go and do that kind of just undermines things. But yeah, no, GTA Six without a doubt was the biggest leak. To the point where I think that there's a, I think I'm not sure if the legal fight is still ongoing, like the I legal think, hunt. I think so. Yes, yes, yes. Like for the That's person crazy. who leaked it, because that, especially so, what looked like early in development, despite looking pretty developed, I'd say at the time of the leak, it you don't get stuff like that and <laughs> yeah. live. <laughs> Yeah, they're not gonna get another chance, especially if they got like an early copy. Like that's why day one patches are a thing. The 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 copies of the game, the physical copies, I pr are produced way ahead of time, so they're ready for for uh, selling. For distribution, rights, yeah. For distribution. So leaking uh, the early gameplay might be so misleading. It's probably not worth doing, and you might not get the chance to do it again because you're blacklisted. So uh, good yeah. luck. I think the thing that everyone forgets, people talk. Yeah. Um, yep. So let's say people were going to leak, um, let's say, the new... Uh, let's say people people leak stuff relating to the new Forza Motorsport. Mm -hmm. um, you're not just going to get absolutely slammed by Microsoft and, let's say, Turn 10. That's not just forza that is every first party xbox ip who then talks to other developers so all of a sudden you're off the books from ubisoft you're yeah, off you're the gone. books from rockstar you are practically gone you're you are never getting invited to and even beyond the gaming industry any fact of journalism you're never getting invited to anything with an nda again it's that simple yeah that's uh yeah it's a it's a way to because like developers always have plans for uh, for their for their game release cycle uh, to hype up the game before release, and that just ruins the hype a little bit. Hmm. But to play devil's advocate, do you think a gameplay leak of FM8 would be a good thing for the community? No. No. I, I'm just I'm just gonna straight cut to it. No. Um, because well, like you said, like building up hype for the game, building the game. Uh, in terms of like what they want to show, it's a very finely tuned and finely oiled machine. I get that people are disgruntled that we haven't had that much info to go off of, but simultaneously, I imagine that there is some reason for that. Whatever the reason is, good or bad, we can only speculate, but leaking it, basically undercutting any intentions, any plans, is just going to screw things over because not only do you screw your personal relationship with like of course in in, in being let's say you feel the one to leak that information mm. but you you kind of screw over the whole release cycle of the game because all of a sudden they've got to backtrack and let's say they have to put on a bit of a damage control campaign and change things based on responses and that's going to ruin maybe two three months of development if you look at the wider impact of it yeah for sure that's a, that's a big issue. I don't know. It's maybe, uh, I mean, maybe people would disagree with us uh, because, I mean, everyone's been waiting for, for something to come out about the game. But we got to remember the Xbox, is it called the Xbox Showcase is coming? 
Yeah, it's in five days. Yeah. It is in five days. It's, it's yeah. like we're, we're on here June 6th. Uh, yeah. June 11th is the Xbox showcase. And they have promised, to be fair, they promised a few cool things. Like, for one, uh, apparently the showcase is going to be 4K60 uh, mm-hmm. when it's streamed. Um, and they've also promised that there's not going to be a single 100% CGI trailer. Yes. They promised so, the single player gameplay, oh. right? Yes. Yeah, so like they showcase. Pro- they promised that every. I'll take a pinch of salt, but everything is going to have in-engine footage. I'm not going to say gameplay footage because I yeah. think that might be a stretch potentially. Probably is. Um, but definitely in-engine footage, which is a good stride. I remember uh, looking at, and I, I, I've been on a massive nostalgia binge lately, uh, but looking at the trailer for when they revealed Need for Speed Most Wanted, like 2005 uh, at E3, that was done completely in game normal gameplay with the game's debug camera like that that's how you market a game you just show me the game it's that simple well it's not but we've talked about this in the past right just we just want them to show us anything like uh, being transparent with your with your community is the the way to go no yeah but just with any game i think you just don't give me the window dressing yes of course generate hype but beyond that window dressing show me substance like the um i remember before we talked about the accessibility um showcase the accessibility preview and uh that gave us a pretty good look at uh some of the gameplay and some hints at potential features in the game which was a bit saddening no it's it's stuff like that that we want to see though like both inclusivity and like the actual meat and potatoes of what the game is oh that's not what i what i meant at all like obviously we want accessibility things as Mm. well but it it felt like it was being prioritized over showing like the gameplay more more gameplay was shown in in that thing than like in official showcases which i I guess Mm. that sparked a bit of a bad reaction to that like I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's great that you can be a blind person and normal and play a racing game. That's insane to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that—that's amazing stuff. Mm. Um, I think that I—I I felt a little bit better about it once I sort of reframed how I perceived it and looked at it and say, okay, this is the for the purpose of drumming up hype. Um, and then we would look to something like a more dedicated show. Like, um, I don't know if they did, they did do a dedicated piece on the showcase or if they're going to do, say, something for monthly or for a Friday or what, mm-hmm. like a more dedicated place for more dedicated content. Um, once I put it in that context and looked at the trailer as just a way for the casual general audiences to get excited to get hyped about the ip coming back i felt a little bit better but mm-hmm. i guess in the roundabout sense that's kind of it putting on the copium <laughs> yeah i can i can see that i can hear the copium in the in your voice but it makes I'm, sense I'm putting on the saying. copium it makes, in a way but it, it does make sense like it's, it's, it's a case of which audience it's actually catering to yeah i guess you look at it through your marketing glasses it makes a little bit more sense yeah also i it's for it's horizon but uh I, I can see this in the chat what happened to eliminator duos that was a leak wasn't it this is like ever coming like do, uh, do we have any info was there a bait like what's happening with that do you guys know because i haven't I st- followed 
I don't know anything about it. Yeah, there was supposed to be like an like I'm pretty sure someone in the in like a couple months ago leaked that there was gonna be yeah it was months ago uh, leaked that there was gonna be eliminator duos. I have no idea how you would do that. Is that the is yeah. that is that the one where you go up against another car and you have to drive to a checkpoint and whoever gets that's there it. first eliminates yeah, the other? The battle royale thing. So how do you do that duo like with another person? Do you race? It could be that you have to roam around in pairs, and if you see, if you've got your pair or your other person on the other side of the map, and one of you activates a race and the other one accepts, they might be like two meters away from the checkpoint, so they can just get it and win. Yeah, but then is, it, is the first person that gets there? Is it like oh, that you have to get there as a pair? Fair enough. But I, yeah, what if you tie it? No, I, I think that. Because um, I had, a, I remember thinking about this when mm. that discussion started to come up. Uh, in terms of where it's gone, it can be a case of many things. For one, it could have been that they tried it, uh, decided it didn't work with the current framework, and decided to scrap it. Maybe like there was issues with matchmaking, um, and they scrapped it. Maybe because of the leak, they deliberately held off the trigger, which is another reason. Again, don't leak stuff. Um, because it can sometimes directly have the opposite effect of stuff you want to see added doesn't get added uh, purely for wanting to avoid speculation and disappointment. People get hyped for stuff that's leaked and coming. They get their own ideas. Mm -hmm. And then when it does come and it's not exactly what they want, you get disappointed. Um, or it could still be in the oven. Like I had an idea for it where um, it, with duos, it's exactly the same as you... Um, exactly the same as normal except let's say your mate gets eliminated uh you can being the survivor instead survivor. of upgrading your car by winning a race you revive your teammate by winning a race okay so like but, a yeah. two live system basically or like unlimited if you can do that like that yeah of course they'd have to put a cap on it otherwise and i i think if you were to do this kind of thing there would be a problem with that is that you can just infinitely revive one another Okay, hear so me out. It's probably like a team live system, if I had to guess. Hear yeah. me out. You have to beat a person that's higher level than you to do it. And ev each and every time you you revive the same person again, it has to be like two levels higher, three, three levels higher. I like that, but that there is one fun. issue. The uh, levels are limited. You, <laughs> yeah, well, you get to a point where... Because there's, what, only ten levels in Eliminator? Yes, there's ten. You have one where you start in the Beetle, and then ten it will be something like an Aventador or AMG 1 or whatever. At level uh, 10 you could downgrade yourself to revive your teammate. Ah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, the, um, the issue with the split levels and having to have the deficit is that depends on the players around you. Mm -hmm. So, and eventually you get to a point in the game where you might not have anyone below level 7 uh, you be you have people on level seven, eight, nine, and ten. So, if you were let's say an eight guy, you revive your teammate. You have to beat one of the two tens on the map. And if you have, if you're a nine who needs a second revive, good luck. Yeah. Have fun, mate. Yeah. yeah. It actually is a little bit sad that Eliminator is so well, for the lack of a better word, dead. That uh, when we were in Open VC together, just driving around doing random stuff i think it was five of us we just queued up at the same time and all got each other in one eliminator lobby that was crazy 
Like you can just do it every time. Every time it works. Mind you, that is that that's not an indication of it being dead because you can I mean, do it's that in pretty thing. much any game. Like queue syncing is a common practice. I remember I used to do it back when I used to play Robocraft, like early days 2015. Oh, that game is so sick. Queue syncing <laughs> was fundamental. Oh, because I love that game. If you wanted to have like clan matches sometimes, uh, and private matches wouldn't always work, you queue sync. You, you get into the roughly the same tier comps, get the platoons, and you queue sync up. It, it, it was brilliant. I, I miss OG Robocraft days. Like, I, um, check out RC15 project. It, it's brilliant. Okay. But that also is a, a thing in like lower player based games. You can't do that in like CSGO or League of Legends. Like it's mm -hmm. it, you can if you're like very high elo. Mm. And even then it's pretty pretty difficult to actually do it. Uh, but I mean duos would solve the issue. Just get get a player with you, get a friend and just do it together. Yeah, yeah I'm actually kinda bummed that it's dying slowly. Because it's a nice mm. it's a cool mode. Mm. If you have like quite a lot of you, why don't why don't they put in like a private feature where you can have your own custom game against like 10, 10 of your friends or something? I mean, just do that for every race or like just just make private servers or like dedicated servers that you can host. Hopefully that's a thing in FM8. Imagine being able yeah. to host a competition on Sunday and have the previous week just be dedicated to uh, just you would have like an open lobby that anyone could join and free practice just like mm. you have with the meets in fm7 is that what it's called you can have like a meet and then anyone can join at any time and just do laps and leave that could be really good yeah, yeah. this i think that whole um uh the whole thing of just like ability to jump in ability to sort of interact and do so well um I think with Eliminator, uh, it's a bit more niche, uh, but just, yeah, stemming off of that, things like um, having a dedicated server or like community server support to an extent could be huge. Yeah, um, sure. Not in the sense that you, you mod the life out of the game and create wacky custom game modes because, I mean, it, it's Xbox, it's Microsoft, they're not going <laughs> to condone that kind of thing. Um, it's just a fact of modern gaming. Modding is generally frowned upon now. Uh, but community servers for dedicated purposes, like almost akin to Lobby Browser, would be a, technically a step backwards for the franchise because you uh, you had that in Motorsport 4 and Horizon 1. You had Lobby Browsers. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. true. So you wanted to... It wasn't like... Because Horizon 2 was where they introduced that sort of seamless feature. Mm -hmm. um in Good that you could just, just click a multiplayer button be driving around the world and then boom multiplayer session um you but horizon one you went into multiplayer it was separate and you had a lobby browser with people's games like you could have public games private games uh that you would invite via party mm -hmm. it was I know that people frown upon lobbies as like an antiquated kind of system and why you, the whole marketing push was towards a seamless experience. But it had its purpose and it was a good purpose. And I think it's something we ought to see back, if you ask me. Especially in motorsport. Imagine uh, an, like an ongoing RH server with a daily race at this oh. time. 
there's a daily race. There's one shot qualifying before the race. There's free practice. It just goes for a week and then it switches tracks, for example. That Dude, imagine sick. imagine making custom rivals events. Oh my god, please, <laughs> yes. Because quali would be sorted overnight. Free practice could be sorted overnight. Everything by itself. Oh. And added to data out, and we're Excuse golden. me, gentlemen. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's getting hot in here. Damn. <laughs> oh, I need to drink my water as well. <laughs> yeah, this ain't water. <laughs> oh, my coffee is gone already. Oh dear. Oh, yeah, it only looks like water. <laughs> we're just, yeah, we're just getting high on this idea that uh, we might get that. It could be cool. On, Very cool. Yeah. On the uh, old motorsport games, do you remember the uh, what's it? There was a playlist for tag. Whoa. Yeah. And no, that, I, I know. Yeah, it, I yeah don't. you're on. Educate me, gentlemen. So there was basically you queue up like a normal race lobby and it would say A class. Mm -hmm. You can pick any A class car, it doesn't matter. And basically, you would get to pick, uh, you'd get to vote on what layout you want. So it could be just an A frame like that. Yeah. So you start here and you drive up and back, but then. There's no finish line because it's a game attack. What? So it's either infected or if the person who's it tigs you, you then have to go and find somebody else to tig. And there's a timer that counts down and you don't want to be the person who's last. In Forza Motorsport? There was. I think it was Forza Motorsport 3. They had just a drag strip. So Damn. it was a half a mile drag strip. Everybody raced to the end <laughs> because they started before the person who was it. And if, the <laughs> and if the person who was it had a muscle car that was a drag car and they went flying in, you look behind you because you dodged the person coming and all you see is loads of blue names just suddenly go red because they've all hit each other. <laughs> the Fast and Furious GSX, that one. Oh, the 1200 oh. horsepower one. I, I'm not yes. going to lie, that, that might bring back memories because I oh, distinctly man. remember my mate sent me an edit. He sent me an edit. And it was that exact tag config. He was in a drag car, ripping it down the half mile straight, and then just We Sports Strike just appears on the screen. No, no, <laughs> he, yeah. got, he got everyone in the lobby. It was brilliant. <laughs> but we need just fun, stupid modes like this again. Yeah. I know we we mentioned and talked about how games are more esports driven and esports focused, but we still need something just fun and stupid. I think yeah. Motorsport 4, uh, you had that exact same thing to a similar extent, but not like the A-frame you mentioned. Because so I think it was just you did layouts around either um, the um, around the tracks or you had yeah. you, your own version. It had its own version of what we now know as like the open airfield. Yeah. Um, it was a very, very wide, very, very yeah. wide oval, really cool. but it was yeah. flat and it was like a massive, a massive oval uh, around it as well. It had hangers at the end as well. Yeah, so you had a I lot th of I think that was hiding. number three. Yeah, so you had hangers, so you had two hangers and you could drift in and out of them. You can pick a drift build, you can pick a drag build, you can pick a race build. Down. If you were drifting and you're drifting sideways, just going round the oval, and you've got four or five race cars trying to catch you, but you're sat there drifting at like a hundred mile an hour, <laughs> it's just, just hilarious. I think I've seen some um, some clips on Reddit of that. There were like some containers there as well, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that seems really fun. 
I hope we have the, yeah. we have it back because we've been having fun in uh, like once in a while. There's a, a a special RH playground games lobby, but it doesn't feel the same on the maps that we have. I feel like I don't know if it, if it's because the I, only map that seems like actually usable is the uh, the airfield the airfield map. Hmm. I think there's bliss and simplicity. Like the reason. Yeah airfield like the modern airfield and the old airfield and the airfield in the horizon games works it's just it's a simple flat plane you haven't got any weird geometry to think about like i don't i um my my least favorite map in horizon 5 is without a doubt the ruins purely because and i don't get me wrong it's beautiful i love it yeah but you can jump to the with the flag but Straight you have you have two issues. One, you have the the center temple. You can jump to the middle ring and just circle around it to win the game. Yeah. Because there's no direct route onto it. And if you can get to the second to last ring and just hide under the bridge, GG easy. Um, <laughs> and there's also the fact that it's very bumpy and going from the dirt to the um, almost like bamboo like the bamboo road air Mm. quotes sometimes it just flips your car and it's so frustrating like yeah it's a beautiful map but if if i'm gonna do anything playground games i just want a big open space i want to see my mates 500 meters away and i decide right i'm gonna be a surface to surface missile today airfield yes because the stadium map the grass is like you just jump on it the car feels so bad Mm-hmm. You know what? You know yeah. what we should, what they should add. They should add hide and seek because we've been doing that in free roam for like ages, and that's the oh, yes. pretty much the most fun I've ever had in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just let us define a, an area and let us play hide and seek. Oh. Just that. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, that, that's Actually, so fun. It's so fun. I want to before we continue. I want to amend my worst playground games map ever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> to a, the. Um, like a little abandoned hangar from uh, Warner, you might remember this, uh, Horizon 2. You had like that small hangar in the middle that everyone used to use for the glitches, like the 1,000 mile an hour wheel speed glitches. I didn't um, play Horizon 2. Glitches? Yeah, there, there was a thing with, there was a bug with wheel speed if you got on top of this hangar uh, in the middle of the map. Um, but the worst, the worst one was that hangar as a playground games map on the xbox 360 version of horizon 2 for two reasons one the ground geometry didn't match up to the visuals so it was a much sharper (laughs) jump between the levels like you had a lower level and an upper level and then like a ditch around it the visual geometry didn't match up so sometimes you would be floating above the ground and Mm. sometimes you would sink slightly into it but that was notorious in the game the other big issue is that if you got a power build and you aimed it just right at one of the particular areas, like where you jump up from the lower area to the higher area, you could jump out of the playground games area. The in- the invisible wall, like the-, the collision wall, didn't go all the way. You So you could unironically hop in like an old 250 GTO Testarossa, get it stacked up with power, take it to playground games you get a game of infected and you're clean you just jump over the wall what (laughs) and just drive off into the rest of the map goated 
Oh, do you remember the POP-50? You could drive anywhere in the map. It was stupid. POP-50 on airfield, you can drive into places that no other car can drive into. On like oh, infection or whatever that is, the, the name mm. is. Like survivor, yeah, there. You can just yeah. drive in between uh, in between some some stuff that no one else can go to and you just win by default. Uh, very nice <laughs> gameplay mechanic, uh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> as, as, long as, as long as that kind of stuff is, um, well, not, not patched, but it's accounted for. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a for fun mode. Hmm. So I mean, who cares? You, if that the that, that kind of kills the that kind of kills yeah. the fun though. A little bit, yeah. So, of course, it, it's like it's the equivalent of seal clubbing in games because you have, of course, the person doing the seal clubbing, um, who's kind of like just bored. Um, once the power trip goes, that's it. You just oh, yeah. where's my challenge? I missed my challenge actually. And then you got the people being clubbed, which is just, it, it's just such a bad time. I'm, I'm glad that the gaming industry has gotten more and more frowned upon in terms of Smurfs. Terms I'm actually of quite, yeah, I'm actually quite glad about that. Oh, Smurfing in Horizon. I, I, <laughs> Smurfing is one of my pet peeves. Uh, it depends on the game, I want to say. Because, I mean, in Horizon, what, what what is there to it? You just have a low-level account that just wins races, and everyone is uh, a bit sus about uh, it. I mean, it's, it, it, it's still an issue. Like, if, if there's any form of skill... If there's any form of skill-based sort of progression system... You think there is? Um, like, if... No, but I'm saying if there is, mm. then the smurfing mm -hmm. is a problem. In something like Horizon, where level doesn't really matter... Uh, there's no, like, ranked ladder in the game. Um, smurfing isn't really a thing. It's not a problem because it isn't a thing. There is mm -hmm. no progression system to smurf on. Do but you it... think there is skill-based in Horizon 5, though? Because why, why, why am I asking this? When, when I play in the morning or, like, in the non-popular hours, it feels like the games are, like, way easier. And when I play, like, EU afternoon, there's almost always... Almost always. There's like a Team Wars tag person, like a ZGC person that just like is pretty competitive. And it feels like other people that post their clips um, on Reddit, the let's say non-competitive people, they don't get those people in their lobbies. Do you think there's some, some, some sort of uh, magic going on there in the background? Hmm. It could be. Yeah, because like it's know. so easy for me to snipe some people that play a lot. Just like I go in the into the race, and there's like this couple people that I meet very often that are that are pretty good at the game. Maybe they just play a lot, and that's why. But I mean, it it feels like something's dodgy there. I mean, not dodgy. That's a good thing. But you know, I feel like this is both a yes and a no. Okay. Because yeah. um, on one hand, it's not like a, a hard ranked system where it, it's clear it's out oh. in the open and you know about it but at the same time i think that there is some aspect to it there where i feel like whether there is a ranked ladder or not the game is recognizing and keeping track of things like your win rates um mm -hmm. and kind of using that so if available let's say if if available uh you have uh, three lobbies, one that has players generally low win rate, one that's generally medium, one that's generally high. Uh, you have the lobby, if you've got a high win rate, 
it might prioritize you to that lobby, mm -hmm. uh, to the one that matches. But it's not a hard ranked system in the sense that if you don't find someone near your skill level, it's not going to match you up. It's just a. Pro if I had to guess, I think it's just a preference or a priority based. Mm. Um, so there's more than one lobby you get slotted into the higher skilled one. Yeah. So yeah. as a means to say, different to actual ranked, uh, where you have to be with someone of same similar skill level. It's just to say, okay, if there is someone of similar skill, throw them in. But if not, then you've got plenty of other lobbies. Just chuck them in anyone. Yeah. Maybe Speaking they look at time. Of, yeah. Maybe. Maybe they maybe they look at your times on because you know people do monthlies and stuff and everybody's by now grinded the heck out of every track. So maybe he's looking at times and what times you're getting online and just trying to slot everybody in accordingly. Yeah, cuz your online times go into rivals as flagged times, so maybe there's something to it there. That yeah. could be could be happening. Speaking of matchmaking. Legends Q we talked hey. about it on the, on the admin update. Oh. It is... Okay, oh, this time... Yeah. Guys, this time, <laughs> I swear, this time it's actually coming out. I swear. In, uh, when when the finale finishes, uh, either the same day, or like the same day, the same week, or the week after, LQ goes live. Uh, we're getting close. We're getting close. Minero and Yoyo have been working overtime. I've... Uh, I haven't been working overtime on LQ this time, on, on other things a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's actually coming. It is coming. I'm so excited. You guys have no idea. Big community developments. I mean, Fighter Elo's near radio ship, I think. Yeah, and that's going to be integrated Q. as well, a little you've bit. Got, yeah, you've got Legends Q that's on the horizon. You've got season, like season two of Street Wars literally just wrapped up, yes. like yesterday at time of recording. So season three is in the works. In fact, like I'm going to be putting out um, a big old patch notes, if you will, list this week. Ooh, okay. Um, basically detailing every change because I mean it's it's a server for the community, right? Yeah. So yep. it's only fair that you put out everything there and say, right, here's our plans. We want to hear it, good and bad. Like what works? What works for the people we're trying to give races to? Kind That's of very cool. Actually. Must be transparent. Yeah, it must that, be transparent. That's the word. That's the yeah. word. That's why the admin update that we put out today, actually, because we figured there's so many issues that could be solved in text, but we were like, why not just get on camera and talk to people and be honest and like get a bit of a you know a, like a connection with with the drivers, the members. Uh, yeah, we we covered a, a couple topics and it felt like we cleared a bunch of issues, including which is not an issue. Uh, but off-season as well, now that we're talking about new events, uh, some things are happening, and we've talked about this last time as well. Um, but yeah, this is also this is also coming very, 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 very quickly. Off-season? Off-season. So what sort of off-season is it going to be? Is it just one event, or is it multiple events? No, so... This, there's there's going to be a championship that's going to be going on, uh, which I will not disclose yet. Okay. And there is going to be um, like one-off events, uh, like special events that are going to be slotted in between those, in between or in the off weeks of the champion of set championship. There's going to be possibly more than one championship. We have it planned just in case the game actually comes out when we think it will. 
uh, which is uh, Q4, uh, but or Q3, late Q3, Q4. So, so yeah, that's what's what's gonna happen, and you can expect an announcement very shortly, actually, because uh, we have been cooking a little bit. Not everything's ready, but we have most of the things planned. So, uh, yeah. Do you have a car? Mm -hmm. Are you allowed to say the car or not? No, no, no. I'm not saying oh, anything. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, I, I can oh, confirm. I'm I can silent. confirm. All right, I'm leaking. It, it has wheels. It does have wheels. Yeah. It, it actually does. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it has four of them, actually, as well. Oh, at least it it's not a three-wheeled car. That's a good thing. <laughs> oh, those have, those have four wheels as well, as Sappy instructed us. That actually is a thing. Oh. Yeah, every, every, cars, yeah. every car is four wheels. There's hard limit in, limitation in the engine, probably. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's, it's little... I love, just just in general, I love little sort of tricks and mm. like the smoke and mirrors that goes into game development. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen it from a lot of different perspectives. I've seen it from, of course, like the, the player perspective and like you start to peel the layers of the illusion away. I've seen it from the development perspective, big and small, even stuff to like um, game design projects uh, with students I've worked with in the past mm -hmm. and how they've achieved certain effects. I, I remember uh, one, one, one guy... Um, where they um and in fact if you want more on this there's a brilliant video i can't remember the creator unfortunately but uh they broke down how super mario galaxy's water works um and all it is is like three layers you've got one texture that moves upwards one texture that moves to the sides and then one texture that's super wavy and then they blend them all together and, and that's how, that's how you achieve like the random looking um Damn. and like wavy water and it's it's stuff like that is that That's you wouldn't cool. think it's just yeah. like textures colliding in different directions. It's super cool to look at. And I remember talking about this in like a student project uh, from another class uh, where they were experimenting with that. And in, in the end, uh, their prototype looked something like what Superliminal now is. If you ever played that game. Mm -hmm. so like we're based on your perspective objects warp and change size and all this sort of stuff like it was magical you see the smoke and mirrors come together to achieve this yeah and even in even in games like like forza obviously uh there are a couple of things that uh that you can bat an eye on but the the thing that has happened lately that we talked about before uh there haven't been any complaints about people getting bad blueprints for race five. We have achieved Zen state. We have achieved peace. It actually is yep. is it is consistent now. It finally oh. is. Like it it felt I don't know. Felt like every everyone felt fair with with their blueprints. No one said like oh bad blueprint. I got bad grip. I got the I got a shade on my uh, on, on turn one. Like it, it felt finally. Uh, how it should be now now nice. you mention that yes uh, yeah looking back at it it's it's weird because when you're just running blueprint after blueprint and you're sort of getting the same consistent results you're like can't really fault it whereas before you would like look at like the clouds and stuff i didn't look at the clouds once that's to also see, placebo, to see if it changed also it's placebo like it makes you go slower yeah. If you think you're on a bad blueprint, like it just it just does. 
But on the other hand, um, custom adventure. I played a, a bit with uh, with with uh, one, with our staff team, and uh, well, the desync is still there. Some people have wet weather, some people are clear, so that still happens. But I mean, small steps, you know. At least, yeah, small steps. Willing to take, willing to take the oh, small yeah. win. At uh, least we know where the problem was, or like they yeah. know. At least yeah. for leagues and custom blueprints, it's consistent now, and that was a very vocal portion oh, yeah. of the community. And you can rest easy. Um, not even that, just that. But everyone who's making like really nice photoscapes um, can rely on now having perfect conditions yes. because it's consistent every time. Yes, and they can switch conditions now as well, which is, I mean, the the thing that we mentioned last time, which is amazing. There's actually yeah, you don't so have many. to sit there. Yeah, the game has been around for so long and there's still things being discovered. I actually have seen, this is a kind of jumping to a different topic, but I have actually have seen uh, the better drivers, uh, the top drivers, discuss ABS as an assist in FH5 and how <laughs> it could possibly be quicker than no ABS because uh, it just wasn't tested. Everyone just assumed that no ABS is better because it felt better. But then you have a person like Green that joins and he's the same pace or quicker with ABS. And also what I noticed, and I th I'm pretty sure like a lot of people noticed that, with ABS you seem to have so much turn in. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but they seem to have so much more rotation than people who don't use ABS. If I had a clip I would pull it up, but it feels like you can just rotate in place and there's mm. no skid marks. Does yeah. that make sense? I, it, it makes sense on a raw like physics level, mm -hmm. um, purely because you've got ABS, uh, you're limiting slip with the wheels, and like, of course you're preventing lockups. I mean, on so, brakes. Um, yeah, like on on the brakes at least, you're gonna mm -hmm. have a lot better turning because you're going to get the weight transfer. You've got to get the dive of the car, mm -hmm. um, of course, without any risk of locking up the wheels and. I think an important distinction to make here is that when we're talking about uh, ABS being faster versus slower, we're talking about it being applied with skill, like not just mashing the brake 100% and calling it a day, right? You're That's still... what I used to do. You, yeah, yeah. I, I'm guilty of it as well. I'm I didn't know, 100%. okay? That was my first that was, that was my first time in uh, racing in Horizon. I did not know. Yeah, look, everyone starts, and you, sometimes you, you don't know better, and I, I'm certainly guilty of that. I remember I used to treat abs and traction control like it was my second religion um because i didn't know any better and i was a diminutive child so what the heck is throttle control um yeah. it's either two speeds fast or no <laughs> um, with that in mind like we're talking about abs as in still like balancing trying to get it less activated but you still yeah you get the dive uh without any risk of like locking up the wheels and i think that helps especially like the outer uh the outer tire mm -hmm. keep gripped up because you've got to think if you're turning into a corner um you have the outer tire who's like traveling a little bit faster but also the inner where it lifts as you start turning that means less force push down on it so quite often you get a lock up on the inside wheel and uh, or at least start to lock up and yeah. that's where you lose the turn in. Which is good on some cars, though. Because uh, 
the Ferrari tune that I was using, and I think uh, Ghost also used it. He was getting like really good times with it in green. You are supposed to lock up the inner wheel, and it just gives you t turn and gives you this little slip that you that you want because Ferrari. Uh, well, it's understeery, and Albant. Well, he likes to drift through corners, <laughs> so <laughs> we don't, we don't, you know, we don't go together. So I had to make the car hate me, and that I, I succeeded. Uh, so that that can also be faster, but I guess ABS negates that effect. Uh, maybe you don't overheat sense. as much as well. I don't know if overheating is still an issue in FH5 because I don't think it is, as, uh, except on slicks. Because I think if you lock up on slicks, you're like dead. It's over. But yeah, it makes it, it makes sense because the one thing that I definitely noticed, mm -hmm. and I know Breezy started to notice it as well in the round five race, was going round the hairpin. Green was able to take a much tighter line and get on the throttle a lot earlier. Right, so it wasn't only me. No, no. we were like we were running many many blueprints together, and we had all hit the. Uh, hairpin at the same time and i get on the throttle and green would just casually jog past me and i'm like how are you turning that much how are you accelerating that quick like it doesn't make sense and i couldn't fathom it out but now you've said that about abs it does make sense now yeah. there's also a lot to be said consistency too because oh, yeah. you're on the edge of braking uh sometimes even the top drivers have reported that they'll be on the edge of the brakes one corner uh, and be completely fine. Fully gripped up, have the turn in, all good. Other times, exact same conditions, or at least what feels like the exact same conditions and inputs, and you lock a wheel. Yeah. And I think ABS does a lot to combat what feels like inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Especially on custom trucks, because there's mm -hmm. like, you can't ever get like a 100% perfect surface. So there's always going to be like a, like a little bump they can look up on. Or when you take placement, which is uh, Deep Forest, the last left-hander, there's like yes. a dip on the outside that you lock up on every single time. And well, actually, that, that was one of the cases where, where ABS was quicker by like two tenths, even though it was tuned normally by Green. Uh, he doesn't use like a secret tuning techniques, like the like secret tuning techniques for ABS users. So maybe there is something to it, you know? Maybe we... I, I think it's something that needs further investigating. Yeah. It's been two years since the game has been out, or two and a half years, and we're still discovering new things. That's crazy. Mm. Yep. It's, it's it's awesome. I mean, the, um, the cool thing about, like, all competitive games mm. is that the grind and search for performance never stops. I'm going to bring up Trackmania again. You're still finding yes. new tech. There's a reason that Khaki and all of those kind of exotic map competitions have still been going on all these years later and between games. It's because people are dedicated and people are competitive to the point where they will experiment with anything and everything uh, in order to potentially uh, find a new strategy, find a new tech, that is just like it opens up a whole new world of of possibilities open up new doors like this this LABS conversation is horizon 5's almost like bug slide moment yeah. like the, the moment bug sliding was discovered in trackmania oh, it changed the game 
And now I feel like this whole thing with ABS and whether it is genuinely faster or not is going to change the competitive scene. It might, yeah. It's not like much quicker. It's like maybe like, even if it is. I think it, like it opens up a lot of doors in terms of accessibility, which I've Not always true. harped on about is the franchise's biggest strength. For sure, yeah. Because I don't think we're going to find any new cuts in in, in uh, tracks or anything like that. Uh, I mean, Trackmania is known for doing that, as you, as you mentioned. I, I think there was a track that the very competitive uh, track, Hocalicious, I think it was, it was named, that it was like in it was between hundreds of a second uh over the years and then someone find a cut found, found a cut that was like three seconds quicker and it just changed completely changed the world records i don't think we're gonna have that in fh5 so i mean the only thing you can do is just is just uh play with the settings and play with the tune the tuning yeah, yeah. it is but I like yeah we won't get that kind of three seconds cut when your car does a triple backflip with the the <laughs> physics calculation or whatever. It's like no, they get for all of the flack that we've given um, the game in terms of say like maybe instability bugs, uh, the core of the game, the actual physics, driving physics of the game, are rock solid, and you're not going to see something like that. Uh, but it's these kind of little increments that are going to move the goalposts forward. Yeah. Um, things like well now abs uh you had before the launch control update you had a custom profile uh that was the tech uh that all the top drivers used to get better starts uh before that i would say uh, a lot of techniques to do with um certainly downshifting braking and on and how you balance the throttle with the brake yeah um, yep. there were certain strats and even then before that and back in horizon 4 uh, you had sort of tuning strategies and tuning metas like 200% brake pressure. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I can't wait to see because with the from the ground up uh, thing coming into uh, FMA, it feels like everything is being revamped and there are so many new mechanics being added that I, there's no way that one thing isn't just like completely broken. Like some strategy like zero zero wings in F in F122 like. Uh, 200 brake pressure there's something's gonna be broken i can't I, I can't wait for people to experiment it's gonna be so fun like imagine if just one tire compound is just inherently better than anyone than than any other or, or things like that because mm -hmm. in fm7 there are a couple things that um create those issues one example would be that slipstream trains are only up to three cars and then the fourth car doesn't get slipstream at all that's one thing it's actually been what? introduced with yeah, that's been introduced with the NASCAR update in FM6. And they introduced Slipstream and they ported it straight to FM7, it seems like, because it's exact, exactly the same mechanic where you, the fourth person just doesn't get it. The Slipstream <laughs> trains can only be three people. So that's... Uh, ah, silly. Yeah, it is a wacky. bit silly. And then, yeah. I guess on that, that whole front, um, with that in mind, the concept of like what we want to see and like but the thing is we, we we haven't got motorsport yet yes we're in horizon 5 of course we have amazing updates and i know warner you're passionate about this what we what we can do what we can look for now to make horizon 5 kind of like the best it can be i guess what would you guys be looking for 
I have a bone to pick with custom <laughs> adventure. Here we go. <laughs> I have there a bone go. to pick with it. I have stopped playing custom adventure. No okay. offense, I am bored of driving the same three tracks in the same class, and it's just the same tracks over and over again. I want to see something different. Give me a reversed track. Throw yeah. it in there. Reverse. I don't care. Reverse has been quite a, a talking point. I know that it's mentioned? come up in the suggestions hub, yes. and it's getting a lot of traction. It's been officially commented on. It's been yeah. reposted, yeah, on Twitter. That's actually Definitely. very interesting. Like, imagine that would be so fun. Like, I it's, of, yeah. it's basically a new track that everybody then has to learn. Yeah, for because every it's, single track in the it's game. Different. That's but also, it creates things where give me back my five race lobbies. I want five races, not three. Three's too little. You're gonna have that in Legends Q, I promise. <laughs> five races. I and want five, five races and, and five laps as well of, of yeah. circuits. That's the, that's the league band activity yeah. right here. There we Just go. going back to reverse tracks, I I think that should be a requirement. I honestly yeah. think that should be mandatory for racing games. Hundred percent. Because it's so free. You are yeah. you are doubling the content. You are technically doubling the content of your racing game for nothing all you do is just maybe change some spawn positions and a couple of textures to maybe flip around starting grid graphics yeah and some checkpoints to make sure that's yeah. it that that's is literally, literally it, it. Um, you know i know that in practice with some game engines and how they work it's a lot more complex than that um mm. it, you, you'd be surprised honestly you'd be surprised okay. um, but you are in effect for no creative expenditure anyway, you are doubling the content of your game. So I'm honestly surprised that all racing games don't have reverse layouts by default. The only exception I give is some like, let's say arcade races where you have very one way design tracks, like big jumps off a of cliffs, things like that. That's the exception to that rule, but there's just that, yeah. the exception. Yeah, of course. But in there, terms of like raw work, it's like probably a, like a day's work. They're, they're, yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably. There's other things you can do as well. You could, like certain layouts, if they were very clever about this, they have a thing called an event lab. All they you do, do <laughs> is dedicate one person to go into event lab and have a look at some of the creations that the community has made. And you look at where the routes go and you could have a medium version of it which is a slightly different layout and slightly longer nobody cares about the lap being longer because all we want to do is race we want to spend less time in the menus and more time actually in the race mm. yeah the um and, and the kind of i know this is a slightly sidetracked i i want to see event lab get more inclusion than the playlist yeah would mm. wouldn't it be great to have, so let's say they release an update for custom adventure that brings it from three to five races, but one or even the two of those new races are verified event lab tracks. Imagine, cool. imagine the scenes and imagine the community response to that. Like some of the best event lab creators, uh, like, I mean, Edelman, right? I, I am a sucker for Edel Circuit. Um, or all the guys that we've had in Racing Haven, say like Kindle, uh, Scatter, Chopped, uh, just to name a couple of them. 
you you get those kind of tracks those kind of top tier tracks into official rotation i think that's a win-win you don't have to make the tracks yourself they're already validated and you get more content yourself out of them mm. and it's i guess on that front um and this is going to be a kind of like an early uh idea um one thing that street wars the team at street wars is looking at at the moment uh because one of the complaints we had was actually getting specs and races started uh getting that ball rolling where not everyone is used to the whole idea of like building specs testing specs etc one thing that we're looking at and working on is effectively a uh a, a qvl list for racetracks like a qualified list of tracks that you can refer to community-wide so if you don't know good tracks That's if really you cool. if you don't know let's say in street wars's application is like right what good custom tracks uh, are in farmlands you pull her up and then boom this one this one this one um but just in general a, a centralized list for all the like the most top tier race tracks like a yeah. qualified list uh, is something that we're looking at at the moment and that's going like to be community wide issues, though oh yeah what do you mean i feel like that would create issues well for starters uh before i get into the technical things uh it's like ca is a place to just go in and race on tracks you know with cars you know uh just go in you don't have to think about what you're doing obviously could be a breath of fresh air to have a like one or two tracks featured in it every month people would just learn it no big deal but the thing that's uh that would cause issues um is well the tracks are optimized the track the vanilla tracks are optimized to work on uh on many setups and with with custom tracks even with tracks as great as uh some some custom sky tracks it's uh it's often at the cost of performance and it, actually i think green and breezy tested that lately and it's not about the prop percentage uh when it comes to the performance issues it's about prop density yeah uh, so uh, i looked into yeah. that myself as well oh you like, did as well yeah um this is i never published any findings on it because mm -hmm. i found it to be I, it wasn't in the interest at that time but when i was making uh the fighter edition of deep forest raceway um i found that despite my prop percentage being 25 to 30 percent and for reference all the other fighter tracks in the the set that we were creating um and but actually you know keritaro which we um also developed why i also developed was in the 30 percent um all the others were 85 to 90 and yeah. i was super proud of that uh because it was kind of like the optimized like the super optimized if you were struggling with the other tracks like the ones that grumpy made which visual fidelity wow but 85 to 90 percent um bit of a performance hiccup uh what i ended up finding is that yeah prop density especially like some of the corners where i'd had to use multiple curve pieces to try and get a smooth arc around a particular corner shape I saw a big drop in frames with lots of objects together uh, mm -hmm. than I necessarily did variation in objects. Or the only difference between that is like 
as it implies with the prop percentage, it's like memory allocation almost. Uh, yeah. It can only handle so many objects in memory before it starts to throw issues. Um, but that's capped, so it's, it's yeah, issue. that's capped. But yeah, prop density is where you get into murkier waters. So yeah. I actually had to go through a few prototypes of that to resolve frame rate issues before yeah, that so I feel got like that's finished. A big issue because like even even uh, blueprints that you get in uh, what's it called in the event featured in the event lab of the week in like the weekly playlist, mm. some of them are really bad on your setup. Like if you are not if you don't have a top tier setup, you're like I think there was one that people were struggling to to launch in the past. I think like mm. two months ago, I want to say. And well, for racing, it feels like it's a difficult thing to you know mandate and keep track of how like what the performance looks like. Because you could just if you did that, you could just break your own game mode for a month, basically. Yeah, I yeah. guess on that front, you you kind of have to look at event lab itself being the mm -hmm. issue rather than necessarily code. bring it into the playlist being the problem yeah uh, there event lab could do a lot better uh in the sense that things like uh, snapping only on certain pieces is a problem uh some of the objects like i for one got super mad that there is no scaling the like scaling of objects a fairly fundamental element of a lot of map creators because that's how you create a lot of unique shapes right mm -hmm. you yeah. scale down and up certain objects like if you wanted to create really unique rock formations how you tend to do it in other editors is you would get like one singular rock type um again to save memory where we talked about like percentages um, and you would scale it, you'd stretch it, you'd warp it in all different dimensions to create something unique out of this very simple base piece. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very limited in Event Lab by comparison. But um, even stuff like optimization, right? Um, I am not a game developer. Again, I feel like I have to state that every episode. Uh, but collisions, collision calculation is a headache for games it it's is painful. a nightmare it's really painful for games especially for racing games i feel like and like oh, a couple of other genres obviously well you've got to think with the engine simulation you're not just thinking about is thing collided with wall you've got to think is thing collided with wall and how is the suspension going to react how are the grip levels going to change how is the suspension going to compress all of this stuff oh, and my you, you're, you're simulating hurt. it at like i think it's 300 hertz is the polling rate of the engine like for physics simulation i have no uh, idea actually i think so um, yeah. i remember reading Maybe. ages ago it was like 300 hertz um but i'll have to fact check on that mm -hmm. but either way like simulating that for one thing and that is just for a static like wall that's built into the game like it's optimized it's a single collision object how the hell do you think the game is going to handle if you've got like let's say 20 curved pieces uh similar to fighter deep forest raceway if you're smacking into those every single object and point of contact is the game the game's got to figure all that out so with that in mind i think that there could be a lot a lot to do with um optimizing let's say collisions like mm. if you have two walls end to end and this is part of snapping i know i'm going on a massive tangent here but part of snapping in editors is also to make collisions easier because some editors treat that and 
as a simple object, as a single yeah, as one object. object. Yeah. So collision calculation becomes a lot easier. Um, without going too much more into game development and game engines, because I could be here all day, mm. there's a lot on the back end you could optimize. There's a lot that you could tweak, um, and there is a lot that I think is where the game is being held back, like... Um, and I don't want to bring up the whole console gap thing because it was a product of the market at the time, but where the game is held back by the uh, original Xbox One family. It might be, to be honest. Yeah. And it still feels like the, the time difference, the, the differences in how quick the game engine uh, operates at or uh, or what speed. It feels like, you know, the, the ghosts that start quicker, that's an issue for competitive. But mm. for the game physics itself, it also feels like such a headache and that they have to accommodate for the lower end systems, which uh, I mean, it makes sense, but then kind of doesn't, you know, for, for a game like this. But I mean, I'll, well, we at least know that this is the game. last cross gen game. Oh, yeah. In the franchise. That's great. That's we we have that pretty much confirmed, which yeah. is, I think, a good thing because the market stabilized, supply is back for consoles which was, I, I want to say, one of the major reasons it was cross-gen in the first place. You think at the mm -hmm. time you had the console shortage and the chip shortage, um, and they needed to push something out. So oh, a, for sure. a, a bad storm. Yeah, um, more people would buy it because they had the old consoles. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but um, now, because moving into... We can finally say farewell. It's been a good one, Xbox One. Um, finally. Except for when it wasn't. Stop talking about TV. Uh... <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, did, I went deep there. But yeah. Um, Can't blame you. It, it, it held it, I think, back. I think it was the right decision to make, considering the market. But in the later life of the game, it's starting to show its its flaws For sure. with that philosophy. Speaking of the engine of the game, fun fact of the week, uh, we have noticed, or actually Karat has noticed, uh, that while when we get um, lab guides from our top from our testers to post. Uh, for certain tracks, for, for our tracks, the, the times that they get are 0.2 or 2 tenths quicker than what we that what the, the timer shows us, that the, the video timer. Like, if you time how long the video goes for from start to finish, it's, it, 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 it's been a case two times so far with two different drivers, Mars and Eclipse, race four, race five. The time that they told us they got was 2 tenths quicker than what the timer showed us. And that that's is a, a from the, the exact day. same initiation of the clock. Ex yes, 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 yes. Do you know what that is? Interesting. From the same, I, like, yeah. I, I saw a video on how um comes around because consoles are running slower than the clock. So if you do, yes, a, so if you do a minute lap, consoles are currently, I think two tenths slower than the minute because i saw a video for this from seppi and pcs are a lot quicker and i have both and i did some testing because i wanted to know so i currently run on my pc an i5 8400f with an rtx 2060 graphics card and compared to my console on a track that i was running consistent times on 
I was seven temps quicker on my PC than my console, hence why I've switched over to PC. Okay. To... I guess there's a, a lot to do with that. Albert, you go. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. To, to kind of dissect that, uh, first thing, FPS cap. Consoles are 60. You're gonna feel slower. You're gonna be slower if you, uh, if you have been on console your whole life. 60 yeah. FPS. You're gonna feel fine. I moved from capped 72 on my PC to 144, and I didn't really feel a difference in pace. Like it felt more smooth, obviously, but I didn't really uh, gain time immediately. So that's one thing that was holding you back. Because going back to 72, I now can't play the game. Like it's impossible. I feel like I'm dying. Yeah, so, so that's one. That's one. And the second thing is, Seppi's video was actually a bit wrong about that, because uh, while PC PC's time does run slower, so the car or like the the car runs quicker, in 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 relation to that, um, mm. the Xbox Ghosts start in a different place. They start ahead of you. That's why the P that's why yeah. PC has to catch up. So. There's no difference in lap times. It just there's a, just a difference in what the rival ghost looks like to you when you drive when you are on PC and driving against an Xbox ghost. It feels like the Xbox ghost is always ahead of you, and then you match it anyway because you are like uh, quote unquote quicker than it, to, to, to doing the same lines, doing the same speeds. So there's that, and but yeah, I, I still think the biggest thing is the FPS for you yeah. for for your change of pace. It just is way different and like um motion blur uh fov that plays a big part so you know oh definitely could be it. yeah so to go into some time it, it ranges between 140 to 180 on pc and that's a massive difference in a game. Yeah. Something is happening to our cameras. Maybe that's a that's a sign to Oh no no no. Are we fine now? I think we're yeah. fine now. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're just okay. doing the bo the bubbly heads together. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just like driving <laughs> uh, to the music. <laughs> I guess the um the the whole idea of um frame rates there's an element that people often forget. It's like yeah, frame rates good. 30, 60, 72, 144. The people or everyone, I think, often forgets frame time. Yeah. And so, yeah, frame time, the other hidden measurement was just time between frames. And I think console um, is often given a bad hand on this because, yes, you can have 60, but you can have 60 with variable frame times or drops or stutters. Um, and you can have inconsistent frame times. I think that's what contributes a lot to maybe the game feeling disconnected or you're like you're not getting the right feedback is you might have a frame that's 14 milliseconds and then a frame that's 15 and then a frame that's 13 and that adds up that that you do notice that more than you do the base frame rate. So a I I've always said this a consistent 30 will feel smoother than an inconsistent 60, like with frame times jumping. Yes. Uh, so not the just the frame rate. Well and that, that's the thing I've noticed when we people talk about console 60 FPS versus PC 60 FPS. The difference between PC and console, what should be the same frame rate, is that on PC, the frame times are a lot more consistent. 
like they're they're pretty much locked in. Because um, you have a better setup than the than the sixty FPS thing requires, so you can just do it like this. Yeah, I mean, you you've got to think sense. of consoles as like stripped down gaming focused laptops almost which like they the, are, yeah. the power budget that they have to operate in the fact that they've basically got the equivalent of like a laptop mobile chip inside like the, the current consoles uh they run like a an all-in-one an soc it's called um with uh, amd cpu and gpu baked onto a single chip um which is this architecturally the same way that a lot of laptops handle things of course, it's going to be focused for your ga for gaming. It's going to have a lot of the frippery of PC hard uh, hardware drivers and stuff that are stripped cooling. out. Uh, it's yeah, it's uh, going to have Lighter a system. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's going to have um, its advantages and disadvantages. But you got to realize that for I guess in this whole debate of PC versus console, uh, it is an apples to oranges experience unless you are running yourself on something like a laptop. It really is our apples to oranges. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's and obviously consoles are cheaper, so it's easier to get into. I think some people like. I mean, Green is still on console. Eclipse used to be on console. Now, it's, now he's on PC. Uh, you can definitely be top base on console. So for anyone that's watching, that's like, oh, that's why I'm bad. That's why I'm slow. No, that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have fast. You can have fast as heck drivers on console. You can have super slow drivers on PC. It's sure. enabling that skill uh, where PC maybe is stronger for all the reasons we've mentioned. Uh, it is just fundamentally a better experience uh, mm. on PC. But that doesn't change the fact that your performance is based on your skill. And yeah. that is never going to change. For like absolute um, max space, maybe. Same with like wheel setups. Like if you want absolute yeah. max space, you get a better wheel. I mean, mm. obviously. Yeah, max oh, yeah. pace. And um, speaking of max pace, uh, uh, <laughs> you guys catch the R one major? Uh, I haven't actually. I've seen I've seen a, a bunch of things on Twitter about it, uh, but it was apparently very exciting. There's a big price pool to it, isn't it? There's like one point five million. Is it? Was it? Am I, I am I tripping I, now? There's I no know way. that the prize for the major was um, a lot smaller than that, though. Mm -hmm. No, it, it, it's like the the whole prize pool for R one is two hundred and twenty five thousand euros. Okay, okay then like I was wrong. Um, right. uh, but it, and then the major, the winner took away forty five thousand euros. That's pretty um, good for racing. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm, yeah. Uh, that is solid work, um, <laughs> especially considering Rensport basically came out of nowhere. This is for a game that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, we need I mean, to keep now that it's in, in open mind. beta. Yeah, uh, it's coming just... into open beta now. Uh, no, it's not even open. It's closed beta. Is it? No, they they released it now. They released it. I think. I, I'm pretty sure they they did like giveaways for accessing keys, but I'm pretty sure it's closed beta. Maybe. Well, but... what I know about it is it's basically open adventure, drift adventure. <laughs> uh, it's uh yeah you just but, drift but yeah we've got to think that this is this is great for the the sim racing scene for the esports oh, scene yeah. as a whole because this is the amount of buzz that it's generating the personalities on there the production value on there rivaled that of something i'd say like a csgo major and this is for a game that yeah is not on the map yet has not even been released yet that is really good i know people are 
knocked rent sport in the past were like oh why'd you go straight to esports uh let let everyone take a look and try publicity <laughs> but th well. th this yeah. is i i'd say looking back as i was one of those people i said like why is the game going straight to an esports major when it's not even been out yet or tested in a real kind of beta state and now i get it i would come around the other side and i say okay that was a smart move i like it yeah to be honest it could be that the money that's being put into it kind of elevates it to a point where people treat it as like an, an actual esport but i mean First of all, that's this the case is, with every game, right? Yeah, this is like, I think, up there with F1 esports like, sure. as like a tier one. It's yeah. jumped straight to a tier one esports. But they both are, like, F1 22 is pretty arcadey, and I've heard uh, that that game, that, that Rensport is also trying to be a sim, but it's a bit arcadey as well. So, uh, hmm. I mean, maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. Uh, to each their own, I guess. It's got its basis in Unreal Engine, which For is sure. in fact like the same. Hmm the same bones that Fortitech is actually um, yeah. based on. So I, it's not like it, it's not capable of- Is it um, not the newest one or probably is, right? Uh, well, let's say Fortitech ha has its roots in Unreal, at least according oh. to my sources. So, um, and then Fortitech 2, I wouldn't be surprised off that logic to be based off a fork of Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. It wouldn't be right. too far-fetched. Of course, this is pure speculation at this point. Um, mm. But Unreal Engine's a capable engine. The only real rival in this space is, I'd say, the Madness Engine, which powers games like, um, I think it's Automobilista 2 um, and the Project Cars series, which, mm -hmm. like, say what you want about the Project Cars series, the Madness Engine was insanely powerful. Such a it looked amazing. Good, it's such a good it engine. Good. The level of simulation on that game engine was just chef's kiss. Yeah. Sad that the it. game died. Mm. Shame about the Project Cars franchise. Like I think if they um if they took the three out of Project Cars um and just called it a spin-off, we'd still have the franchise. Because yeah, it would not have been critically panned nearly as much as it was. Mm. And it's the same reason that everyone slammed Most Wanted 2012, Need for Speed. Yeah. It's because it was fundamentally a good game, but it was not a Most Wanted game. Yeah. And oh, that's, what, that's why it got the critical reception that it did. If they remarketed it, hell, make it a Burnout spin-off. Uh, because that's more akin to what it played like you have a good game just market it and name it properly yeah definitely that, mm. that was just not the move for them to make and i'm i'm still surprised that they decided to go for it with how much of a <laughs> with with the place uh most want the original most wanted has in people's hearts it's difficult to top it uh, they were originally they there's, there's plenty of research and documenting on this about how it was going to be a proper most wanted sequel uh oh. That it was originally planned um, to be like a genuine sequel to Most Wanted, like with a story and with like proper pursuits, all the rest of it. Um, said no. But it was canned basically due to time and effort constraints. And right. by that point, they'd already banked on the Most Wanted name. So they just put the blacklist in in its like, rudimentary form and turned it into. Uh, I'd say probably one of the best multiplayer racing games um, that that generation had, but yeah, just mismarketed mm -hmm. it. Yeah, the, the, you, the you crash physics were really bad, but I mean, yeah. apart from that, not bad. Right. 
you gotta admit though the playlists they had on that game like the the open playlists the structure they had in that game was just it was so much fun like, yeah. it, it was so good um that game uh but i guess without getting too much on a tangent to sort of bring it back to the likes of where we were talking about ren sport um I think now that it's in closed beta, we're going to see a lot more info about it and a lot more feedback about how the driving physics actually feel. Yeah. Uh, because people were speculating throughout R1 and you had some people saying that the physics were kind of spongy or a bit janky in places. Yeah, but um, like V-Class open up uh, like custom adventure where you just drift the car. Just mm. keep it in slip. Yeah. So we'll see, I guess. I guess I guess we'll see. The main thing is to say R1 it's it's a great stride for that scene of esports. But I worry about esports' future uh because of things like sponsors and because mm-hmm. of like you, you've seen the new Twitch regs, right? Oh the, yeah. The, the new Twitch yeah. regulations. They were literally released for today for for those who are listening back. At the time of recording this, <laughs> the Twitch regs literally got published a few hours ago. Yeah. And it's i'm gonna be honest this these regs kill esports on twitch they like, straight up they straight up what's gut esports on twitch so the main iteration the main change is their advertising guidelines right yeah and with that they effectively clamped down massively on the kind of um the kind of advertisements you can have on your streams uh, so, for instance, a lot of sponsorship campaigns where you have maybe like banners in the bottom or graphics that come up, you can't have them anymore. You're not allowed them anymore at all. Like embedded ads into your stream, not allowed. Uh, constant like banners in the bottom, not allowed. Big pop-ups that come in and take up like a majority of the screen, not allowed. All you have is a, maybe a brand logo or sponsorship pop-up that can be no bigger on than three percent of your screen we might have to move on move to youtube honestly well well, i'm i'm (laughs) gonna play to to sort of balance both sides so three percent is it may sound like a tiny amount but in reality in practice it's probably about the same size as for those of us watching on twitch right now the race pace logo in the bottom middle it's probably about the same size as that, if not a little bit smaller. Maybe so a bit less, yeah. 3%, as small as it sounds, is not unreadable. Yeah, but, but it's still Twitch wanting you to go through them for sponsorships, which mm. is really, really bad. Especially what with what's been happening lately, right? With people yeah. moving to different platforms. That's like a major very disconnected problem. move, yeah. The other yeah. issue is that they basically reverse did a 180 on their perspective on multi-streaming so like streaming to multiple platforms at once before uh it used to be a case of uh affiliates uh couldn't uh if you weren't affiliate then you could because so it's not revenue generating um and you could simultaneously stream to what would they call mobile first platforms that have to have live streaming so things like uh where tiktok has streaming feature you're allowed yep. to simul stream to that uh, now you can't at all. Period, unless it's oh, wow. um, unless it's one of those mobile platforms, you cannot full stop, regardless of any level. Um, and I feel like all of these moves. I'm I'm not going to tinfoil hat here, 
but this feels like this directly guts uh in particular esports because so many sponsorships rely on having brand names around around the screen right look at a major yeah 100 mm. percent. yep and it's it seems like it's uh sappy is uh, dying a little bit it seems like it's targeted <laughs> no, he's alive. It seems like it's targeted at brands as well, which is a a big issue for, uh, as you said, for like majors, for uh, gaming events, like how, uh, not even racing games, but other esports events like CS:GO, Valorant, League of Legends, everything. They all have sponsors, and I feel like that kind of kills them in a way. Like maybe yeah. they will they will need to have like a deal with Twitch to be able to do that? Mm. I think um, a lot of the publisher endorsed and like tier one esports will find a way to get around it. Um, oh, they'll yeah, probably, probably talk directly to Twitch. Yeah. They probably got contacts and in the same way that um, almost like late night shows on YouTube get certain topics monetized where no one else does. Yeah. Um, I think that that's there's major gatekeeping, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that's okay, but I'm oh, saying that that's likely how a lot of the big uh, teams will get around it. But you look at something like um, a replay cams are typically plastered with a sponsor. They have an overlay dedicated to a sponsor in their products usually. That won't be allowed anymore. Even like overlays on majors where you've got a banner in the bottom with like graphics uh, of the different brands that sponsor your esports league. That's not allowed anymore. Technically, hell, back when I casted um, F1 VTRD, that Team Wars race with like where um, F1 um motorsport the team wars team not f1 yeah. f1 um where they had personal sponsors because they were a legit entity with the legit sponsors oh yeah I, I had a banner at the bottom with their sponsors so technically i would have been banned for that stream wow i, w I would have been banned just for having their names in the bottom persistently yeah that's not that's, the move it, it's I don't so know what doing <laughs> It's so backwards towards creators, towards tournaments, towards organizations, to the point where you've got so many big corps and so many big esports names saying, look, if you go through with these rules, we're leaving. We're going to YouTube. We're going to kick or whatever other platform. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're leaving. Um, I, I can't help but feel like there's some kind of back-end pressure because I know Twitch is tone deaf, but they can't be this tone deaf it can't be this disconnected it's so crazy it feels like a troll yeah i feel They're like there's maybe then. some yeah like there's some kind of guidelines or legal framework that they're trying to appease but it's just if this is the cost there's surely another way i know that the uk recently put out ad regulations that are a bit backwards as well um to like to summarize, uh, basically, stuff that isn't an ad has to be disclosed as an ad. Um, Damn. So, like for example, if you are um, game, if you are given, let's say, a free key uh, for a game, uh, you, whether that's for review purposes or for playtesting purposes or just to get access to it early, um, if you are given a key by let's say a game developer, regardless of its intentional origin, you now have to disclose that as an advertisement in the UK. Right. 
That's, which, uh, that's also pretty weird. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't agree with it at all because it's like it kind of waters down the context of what is and isn't an ad and kind of just paves the way for more disingenuous and sly marketing. Mm. Right. But, yeah, that, that, that's kind of the, the nutshell. And a lot of esports are looking to change homes because, of course, as you grow within esports, uh, uh, with an esport, uh, you you need to lock in like your kind of sponsors and you need to lock in the things that are going to keep you sustainable right now twitch with these kind of moves is not sustainable yeah i mean it's it's going to be difficult like for sure that even especially the smaller people the smaller creators the smaller communities they'll definitely just consider moving like i i feel like we will consider moving for sure it's Mm. uh i mean there there's for sure gonna uh, gonna be something like well you can have ads but you have to go through us and give us a cut like there's no way they just disallow them they, there's something in there will in be a system for them there 100%. will be a system to go through them and everyone's unhappy because that also creates issues where twitch is trying to monopolize something that's already super volatile which yeah, is that's revenue streams for creators it's and such a volatile space yeah the, the share is already like is already worse than some of the other platforms so if they do this that's basically killing themselves like the only reason why twitch are still the biggest platform or twitch is still the biggest platform is because they've been around for they've been they've been good for the longest time mm. yeah like yeah, when, name, once people name start recognition to... and community exactly. the two things exactly uh, once people YouTube... start recognizing that they're gone yeah, YouTube still hasn't got that community vibe yeah, that Twitch does. Definitely. It's not really quantifiable. Because I'd say feature-wise, they're about on parity, if not better. Yeah. So it is just that sort of unknown variable of just, like, having that community there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you're watching a video bit, still. Yeah, That's I guess cool. there's some bits here and there. So, like, I liked when they had YouTube Gaming separately. Um, where that was a separate client for live streaming. I actually really liked that. Uh, it was like a lot sleeker, built around live streaming. Um, but they baked it music. into standard YouTube. Yeah. yeah. They, they but, can bring it back. with like They have YouTube music and it works and it's very nice, to be honest. Ex- apart from the bitrate being a bit lower than other uh, music plays. But besides the point, um, or besi- besides this... Um, yeah, they could they could bring that back. Maybe they could compete like with the, these changes that Twitch are making. I mean, what's yeah, there I, to lose? I say, <laughs> I guess we'll end with this. Uh, Twitch <laughs> is YouTube's best marketing tool right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and kicks and like other uh, other platforms, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. This is a good way to to finish this one up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we we've speed run through like everything. Like the entire esports scene in a nutshell, I feel like. But <laughs> hey, let's let's give ourselves some a pat on the back. <laughs> but oh. hey, you have got Sierra Verde coming up, um, oh, and yes. that's a final round of the season, and then we get into the off-season spice and finale first. But yeah, uh, but yeah, yes, yeah. we 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 keep the ears peeled. But oh, boys, boys, it's been fun. Yes, it Same has. time, two weeks. Same time, two weeks. Same time, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, folks. Take care. See you in a bit. Bye.